0: so much for joining us today in episode number 169 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about sickness and injury. What should we do? Should we train through it? Should we take a break? What caused it in the first place? We're going to go into all of that in today's episode and give you some very good tips on what you should do to stay healthy and avoid it, and then also how to treat it if it does pop up.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: All right, so we're getting into the cooler months. It might actually start being a little bit cooler down here in Florida also.
1: Yeah, Florida. Florida cold, which is like upper 60s.
0: I am so excited for the 60s because it has just been summer for way too long.
1: Upper 60s, that's when the kids at my school start walking around with blankets wrapped around them (laughs) between classes. Yeah, yeah,
0: and Ugg boots. Yes. Yeah, it's, you northerners that are very hardcore, I have so much respect for, you would laugh at Floridians during 60 degree weather. It is ridiculous. You
1: wouldn't, you wouldn't laugh. It would just be sad more than anything, (laughs) it really is. I mean,
0: I remember when, you know, my first year at Notre Dame, when I went up there and as soon as it started to get a little bit cold there in the fall, right, and people are still wearing tank tops and shorts, and I'm like, "What is going on?" And I've, I already have sweaters and pants. You're bundled. I am bundled up, and you're I'm like, six it layers is deep. Cold here. What is going on?" And then I remember that first spring, and it was like, you know, you're going, through, you go through that bitter cold all winter long, and then spring hits, and it's like the first 30 degree day, and there are kids again out on the quad in as long as there was no snow they were out on the quad in you know tank tops beach clothes, in my opinion.
1: I mean, I remember people actually shoveling a, a spot in the snow, like in the quad outside of their <laughs> dorm, so that they could lay down their beach towel oh and sunbathe. They, just... they shoveled the snow out of the way, because it was like, well, did you know, really spring break's coming. I mean, oh it wasn't God. like the first time that, like, you know, we'd reached warm enough temperatures, right. but it was close enough to spring break mm-hmm. that they needed to work their tan before they, you know, did whatever oh for gosh, spring break. That's so funny. But you and I got the crazy break in the middle of winter, mm-hmm. so you know, you'd hit Christmas break, you came back Florida, I go to California yeah. and it was, you know, to, to me, normal weather. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and something was just like, oh, that's right. There's still snow here. Oh
0: yeah. And January it was so bitterly cold. So I, I remember that that first spring I did, once it did get into like the fifties and sixties, I was not like I didn't need as much clothing. Yes. You know, because you had just gone through that bitter, bitter winter. Yes, second round. Um, Second round, yeah. But anyway, so today with winter coming, um, we're going to talk about sickness and illness and what happens when those kinds of things kind of get in the way. Because with winter also comes cold and flu season. And then obviously we are all still in the midst of a pandemic as well. And things are starting to shut back down as the numbers continue to climb, which is no good. And we know people that have suffered from this, you know, and are are trying to like, even people on our training team have contracted this. And so it's like, okay, well now what do I do? You know, I've just had to take off the last two weeks because I had COVID or because I had the flu or whatever it might be. What do I do now?
1: Right. And I mean, so there's the there's sickness, there's cold and flu, but we've got people on the other side of the world in other hemispheres and it's getting warmer and True. totally leaving cold and flu season. So it, this is also like, what do I do if I've got like that injury? Do I need to take the time off from that? Where would that come from? Mm-hmm. How do I deal with that? So it's, it's all in there. It's all... all all covered in this. Game.
0: All covered in this episode. So we're going to start off just by the overarching picture of it all. Now, obviously, there are some things that we don't have control over, right? Certainly. Like there are certain things that we come into contact with, like COVID, that you can try, that you may contract, that you have little to no control over, you know, you People might argue with that, wearing masks and all these things, but we're not going to get into any of that today. Just
1: spray myself head to toe in hand sanitizer. (laughs) Is that not okay?
0: (laughs) Lysol the body, Um, but so. But overall, okay. If we do just get the common cold or the flu or some of these other more common things, what exactly is going on? And I think it's important for us to just take a step back and. We're not telling you to blame yourself by any means, but just look at the picture of your overall health because a lot of times what happens is that we tend to get sick or injured when things are not going smoothly. When we are either pushing too hard, we're training too much, we're not getting enough recovery, our nutrition's not there, we're not getting enough sleep, and our immune system is not functioning as high as it should be.
1: Right. We're pretending that everything is going smoothly, but in fact, we're probably in this world of total overwhelm Mm -hmm. where we're not getting enough sleep, but we're still like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep hitting my training because that's what I do. I I run. I'm going to keep hitting all my workouts and it's going to be fine. And it's okay that I only slept four hours last night. And I know I don't really have time for breakfast this morning, but I'll have like a cup of coffee and I, I feel like I'm awake enough. And you do that several days in a row and several weeks in a row, and eventually the body's like, all right, we've had enough. We're going to give you with an actual sickness, with perhaps like this start of an injury, maybe like a legit injury if if it already gave you the warning signs. Mm -hmm. You know, the warning signs are subtle and then they get a little bit more and you just continue to ignore them. And eventually they're just like, all right, and this is hurt.
0: Right. And that's what we want to focus on today also. Like we're going to talk about, you know, when you need to take a break and how to adjust and how to come back and all of that good stuff. But I think it's really, really important that we... Think about this that you take a step back and think about why you got sick in the first place or why you got injured in the first place. Have you given yourself enough recovery? And that's really what we want to focus a lot on today because that is something that you can control. There are a lot of things that you may not be able to control, but your recovery and your training load are things that you are able to control. And sometimes it is better to take that step back. Like Kevin said, maybe you go off your plan for a day and you miss a run because you are just completely physically, emotionally, and mentally drained and wiped out and you just need another rest day or you need to sleep in that day and not get up at 5 o'clock and go run. That, in some cases, is the better choice. And I don't think that most runners think that way. I think that most of us are so used to pushing, right? Pushing through. Like we are tough. That's one of the things that runners are, right? We're tough. We love challenging ourselves. We like to push through and, you know, show how how tough we are and how we can overcome these obstacles in our way. And all of that is very well and good and it has a place. But if that is what you are doing time after time after time and you're just ignoring your body time after time after time, it's going to catch up to you.
1: Right. I mean, there's there's a balance between this. Like, that can't be your philosophy 365 days out of the year. There have to be times where you're able to pull back but then you know as as much as recovery is the emphasis of the episode there's also times where it's like okay now you've been giving yourself the break you've been giving the recovery and like ooh i probably should sleep in a little bit today once you've reached like week 4 yeah, when of like you get back? <laughs> yeah it's time time to get back in like time to actually jump back in and mm-hmm. yes it's it's possible like if you just came off of a long training cycle then you might Want more than like a down week. Like, some people need like a whole down training cycle, and that doesn't mean that you're not running. That just means that you're not as focused. Like, you don't have this big goal race at the end of it. You can have like two to three months where you're just like, I'm gonna run, and if I need to take an extra off day, I'm gonna take an extra off day because. My, my next goal is a little bit further. I just kind of generally want to train and stay in shape. And it just it gives yourself a little bit of flexibility, which can be nice, uh, you know, periodically to just have, have a little window of a few months that where... There's just less stress on, I have to hit these workouts.
0: Absolutely. And I think that this is one of the reasons why we like to think about running as a journey. And this is why we also encourage our athletes to look at the bigger picture. Okay, What are the bigger goals that you have? And what does that timeline look like? Because if we have a race that's, say, six months out, we can put them into a base building phase where it's not as intense, right? The you know the first couple of months and they can slowly transition into that. And then like Kevin said, after a bigger race, it is very helpful for a lot of people to have those down cycles and just take a, a month or two or even three where the training load isn't as high and also just the intensity. Like it's not as big of a deal. You don't have to worry if you miss a run or two here or there. Um, and so it is really important to have that big picture goal and kind of have your year looking some something you know have some sort of structure to it which is difficult in 2020 when we don't know when races are going to happen or not happen but sometimes we have to just train and assume that that's what's going to happen and if it doesn't it doesn't and that's okay but at least it gives us that focus to our training
1: it gives the focus and there's virtual races all over the place and this has sort of been one of the nice things of virtual races people are like well that race was canceled but look there's there's a virtual race that weekend and the next weekend well, you know it's they... a
0: virtual race so you can do it kind of whenever you want i mean you know a lot of the virtual races have Windows, Have that, a window. yeah, which is which is nice, which including ours, ours, yeah. And if you haven't signed up yet, head to realliferunners.com dot com forward slash race to sign up. It's a great race, and we just revealed our medal in our real life runners tribe last week. And it's, it's so sweet. It's
1: beautiful and sparkly.
0: It's so sweet. So many sparkles. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So definitely go check that out.
1: Yeah. I know you revealed it with like the, the announcement of eek, look at our new medal. I'm like, that is not the sound I made when I saw the new medal. Like <laughs> it is sweet looking, but I definitely did not squeal like a girl. That was not my response to That is to why
0: it. I posted it and you didn't. Eek, look how
1: awesome that is. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, if you haven't signed up yet, make sure you do that. We're supporting a really great cause called the Girls Gotta Run Foundation with the proceeds from that race. So, realliferunners.com forward slash race. So, when do you know if you need to take a break? Okay, so let's let's talk about this. So, if your body, if you're training and you kind of start to sense, like, you might be coming down with something. You're not feeling 100%, right? Because that's really where most of us are. And quite frankly, I don't know who among us has... Felt 100% during 2020, like this year. I don't yeah, know no, if I'm any of us are functioning at that level. Spot
1: on. I haven't had an off day yet. I'm just, <laughs> I feel phenomenal. Every day I wake up, yeah. I wake up and I'm just like, yes, feeling great today. Yeah. Did you run today? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to call you out like that. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, so. When you start, fe- you know, you can kind of start to notice, right? You're, you're feeling a little bit more run down. Maybe your energy level is lower. Maybe you are, you have maybe a headache that doesn't want to go away. Or maybe you are starting to get a little bit of like congestion or sniffles that don't want to go away. Or, you know, that little tickle in the back of your throat that is so annoying that likes to pop up, right? There are these little signs. Fatigue, you know, is a big one, I think. Fatigue you know, that, is that that overall energy level. Yeah.
1: But You know, like we said before, runners like to take pride in being able to push through. And sometimes this is a really good thing. Like, pushing through can sometimes get in the way of making logical decisions. If you're in the middle of a race and your body is screaming at you, «Hey, dum-dum, slow down, everything hurts», it's a good thing to be able to overcome that and push through. (laughs) Right. If you're in the middle of a training cycle and your body's like, hey, your knee's starting to hurt, your headaches hurt, you're constantly tired, you're snapping at the people around you, these are also Mm. signs that maybe you should look into if you're actually recovering appropriately. And not just continue, you know, foot on the gas pedal, like pedal to the metal, let's just keep grinding through. Like that might be time to actually look at your training and see, do you need to adjust? Do you need to pull back a little bit here?
0: Yeah, I love how you also pointed out, are you snapping at the people around you? Because I don't think that we always realize that that is a sign, right? Like people will... Okay, they'll they'll kind of get on board with when they start to have a pain, an ache or a pain, right? Mm-hmm. Some people will then also get on board um, if you're telling them that they're starting to feel more run down or they're starting to kind of feel like a little bit of a sickness coming on. Um, some people will deny that that's actually what's happening. But, <laughs> you know, those people are, are kind of on board. But I think that, you know, when you when you talk about your, your mental attitude, right, and your patience level. Yes, yeah, right? your patience level. Like, we do have a lot going on right now. So it's one of those things that... It's how many things are you stacking up? And this was like one of the things that the neurologist talked to us about when we went, when Kevin had um, his series of seizures back in 2017. And we went and saw a whole bunch of specialists because nothing was showing up. Like his blood work was fine. All the brain scans were fine. They didn't know what in the world was going on. And so the one guy basically said, you know, you're essentially stacking all these things on top of one another. You've got the stress from this, 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 and this, home, school, training, you know, all these things. And it was just like that one that just pushed you, pushed you over the edge.
1: Yeah. He had a good take on it because he goes, none of them are to blame. Right. Like you can't say that it's one of those things that push you over the top, but you can't do all of them simultaneously. Like it wasn't that one specific thing, you know, we like to to pull back it is I liked to try and come up with something. So I was not sleeping anywhere near enough. No. Like not even close. And so I was like, well, if I could just sleep a little bit more, like that takes one thing off. But sleep was not the answer. Sleep was one of many of the answers. Like there was also stress at school and my training level and this and this and this and this. And that's kind of how a lot of things go, you know, in, in our running of there's so many stresses in our life and it just kind of leads to this overall feeling of fatigue and maybe it starts to show up in, in your running. Maybe it starts to show up in your training like, well, I, I just couldn't hit that workout and then I missed the times in the next workout and I tried to go out for a run and my heart rate was just through the roof for the entire thing and I kept pulling back on my, on my effort level and my heart rate was just still so, so high. Mm-hmm. These are signs. Yeah. These are signs of overtraining that maybe you need to start focusing a little on the recovery before, you know, I mean what we've kind of dubbed the episode is about sickness and injury, but there are some, some more subtle warning signs beforehand.
0: Yeah, and resting heart rate is another one resting too. Heart rate. So if you um, wear your watch at night, like if you have a heart rate tracker and you wear that at night like we do, you can tell kind of the trend of your resting heart rate overnight too. And that has a big, that is a really big sign of, overtraining right if, if you are noticing that your resting heart rate has been elevated for an extended period of time not just one time you know one time here or there isn't that big of a deal um i we went yesterday was our anniversary we went out to dinner and i came home and i was so full because the meal was so delicious my resting heart rate last night and i had two glasses of wine also and so my resting heart rate was elevated but in general the trend like there was a very specific reason that i my body was still digesting. Date. and like the food when we were going to bed I was still stuffed when we were getting in bed
1: my resting heart was totally normal so, <laughs> so apparently I digest a lot faster
0: <laughs> I, like, I guess so because you ate like twice as much food as I I know did.
1: and my, my resting heart was spot on which I did not expect it to be but mm. it was, was apparently so it was fine full,
0: though but it was so so good so let's look at you know, when those signs start to pop up, you know, yes. do
1: I actually need a break? Like what is the sign that says, okay, that's the last thing I really do need to take a break and, and, and look at what, what's going on here. So let's look at the, am I hurt side of this? Maybe you might be hurt. It might be the, the beginning warning signs, some aches and pains, where is the pain and how bad is the pain? Mm-hmm. Like, is the pain always there? Does the pain only come on when you run? Does it stop after you finish running? Mm-hmm. Like, these are some kind of basic questions that you need to ask to figure out what kind of injury you're working with.
0: Right. And another one that I always tell people too is does the pain increase as you continue onward? Good one. Right. Because sometimes when you start the run, you're just like stiff and achy. And then as you continue to run, that it kind of works itself out um, versus, injuries and pain that really need more attention are those that, you know, when you start to run it, it's hurting, and then that pain starts to increase over the course of the run. That's one of the things I always tell our athletes: is if if it's starting to increase, you need to stop and then come talk to me about it.
1: Right, and then like the how that pain feels. Usually, the like sharp stabbing pain is mm-hmm. generally a sign that you should stop,
0: unless it's in the side stitch area, unless like we talked about. Yeah, <laughs> last week. Um, for those of you that have side stitches in the rib cage area. Go back and listen to the last episode, number 168. We talked about that. But in other areas, sharp stabbing pain is a very bad thing. Yeah,
1: in almost every area, the sharp stabbing is a bad one. Whereas that dull ache that kind of slowly comes on, that might be something that you can actually sort of deal with as you keep training, which we'll talk about. But mm-hmm. like right now on the, the topic of do I need a break, if it's sharp and stabbing and keeps getting worse as you keep running, yes, you should probably take a break.
0: You should probably take a break. And then if it continues on, then you need to probably see somebody, either a doctor, a physical therapist, some sort of medical professional, and have that area evaluated to see what exactly is going on.
1: Right. So that's, that's on the injury side. On the sickness side, do I need to take a break? There's kind of an unwritten rule that is the neck rule that says, is the sickness above the neckline or below the neckline? Because if it's all up in your head, you can probably keep going out and running. It's not going to feel great. You're still all stuffed up. Breathing's going to be weird. You're drippy all over the place. But you're going to be okay. Whereas if it's sort of settled down into your chest and you've got that like deep, like rough cough going you should take a break and let your body actually get over that.
0: Right. Or also below the neck is the stomach, right? So if you have any sort of stomach or intestinal bug, you're probably not going to want to run through that. And if you do, I suggest you stay very close to home or your nearest facilities.
1: Yeah. You're just not going to (laughs) want to run through that that,
0: Right. (laughs) But above the head, like if you are sick, if you have a severe head cold, just kind of see how you feel. Like this is one of those listen to your body kind of situations, right? Like if you start the run and you you feel like sometimes when you have a head cold and you have all that congestion, the pounding of running just like shakes your brain. Like it does not feel good. Do you really want to endure that for that run or would it be better for you to just take another off day? You know, and again, this goes back to how many off days have you already taken, right? Like where are you in your training cycle? How how close is your race? Um, all of those things need to be factored in, which is why it's helpful to have a coach to um, run these things by and ask these questions too. And if you're looking for a coach, we would love to help you out. Um, but it's one of those things that – you have to also keep in mind that if you choose to run through a cold, it will likely increase the amount of time that it takes for you to recover from that cold. You know, some people think think that it Actually helps to decrease the severity, and I think sometimes it does. You know, some people talk about sweating it out, you know, and, and just like getting getting it out of you. And I do think that sometimes that can help, but on the other hand, sometimes it can make it worse and just kind of make that cold linger a little bit longer than it would have otherwise.
1: I think you've got a couple things going there, like. The sweat it out, get out there, get a good workout in kind of, I mean, even if it's down in the chest, like you go out there and you're breathing hard, it helps you almost like cough some of this stuff up. But then you need the back end of that where you're after the run able to come home and nap for three hours. Mm -hmm. But do you have that set up? Because if you do, that might be a reasonable option.
0: Yeah, that's true. It might
1: not work for you, but... I've, I've, we know people that, that has worked for, they've tried yeah. to run through it, but they just took a nap in the middle of the day that everybody has the window and availability to take a nap in the middle of the day.
0: That's true. But again, that prioritizes and that emphasizes the importance of the recovery. Yes. Again, right. It's not so much about the training, but it's more about the recovery.
1: Yeah, I know. But no one says, no one says sleep it out because like, they, they want to, sound like the the tough runner. Oh, no, I sweated out. Really? You took a three-hour nap after you ran for 20 minutes. Like, maybe it was the three-hour nap that helped you take care of that.
0: I mean, sleep it out is really good advice, though. Like, you know, get your fluids and get as much sleep and rest as you can. It is
1: phenomenal advice. Right.
0: So... Also, timing matters, okay? So do I need to take a break? Again, this is very subjective. We cannot tell you over a podcast whether or not you specifically need to take a break. But this is one of those things that you need to take the big picture in mind. Always keep that big picture in mind. Are you getting enough recovery? If you're not, how can you make sure that you start to prioritize your recovery and your rest so that A, you can recover for whatever is going on right now, and then B, prevent that problem in the future.
1: Right. And so, you know, we got some, some basic ideas of if you're hurt, if you're sick and it's down in the chest or or below, you really kind of should take a break. But the timing of this all matters of how you're going to try and work that break. Like, are you right at the end of a training cycle? Do you have a race at the end of the week? Like you don't want to take a break. You want to try and figure out some way that you're going to be able to get through it. Honestly, if you have a race on the end of the week and you start getting sick, you probably should just take a couple of days off and try and recover as quick as possible because you're not going to lose anything in three days mm-hmm. if you're racing that weekend
0: right I and mean, this just happened to the number one runner on our cross country team yeah you know at the end of the season the end of cross country season coincides with the beginning of basketball season she's also a basketball player so she went to a basketball practice and kind of tweaked her hip and then her leg was hurting like during the last like week week and a half of training so we had her cross-train for... The basically almost the whole week before, leading up to regionals. I think she ran one time.
1: I'm not. I don't think she did. I think she crossed trained that entire week. But
0: she ran that. Remember, she ran that really short run to just try. Like oh she yeah. War, yeah, yeah. She ran the tried warm to. up. <laughs> and and I'm like, no, I'm keeping you on the elliptical the rest of the week because it's not going to matter. Like your fitness is there. It's just a matter of right now we need to try to keep the pain and inflammation as low as possible. And she went out and she won regionals. Like she won first place in regionals and then limped over to the. Athletic trainers tend to get some ice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 coach. It didn't hurt at all during the run. Well, they are called endorphins.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: It, it hurt. You just right. told your body, no, it doesn't. Like he, she had already accepted the pain. So right. the timing of this matters substantially. You know, at beginning, middle, end of a training cycle, is it at a point where you're trying to build your mileage up? It's going to be tough to build mileage while dealing with an injury or sickness, Mm -hmm. but maybe you could put a down week in. Maybe, you know, have you built up and up and up for the last three weeks, try a down week and see if just cutting your volume substantially really helps Yeah, you know, maybe a week where you throw in an extra off day would be substantial Mm -hmm. and be just enough that you can get back into the plane that you wanted.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so timing definitely plays a big role. Um, in making those decisions. So next, how do we adjust? Okay, like what Kevin was just saying, you know, you can pull back in intensity or volume. Okay, so if you decide, yeah, so if you decide that, you know, you do have a sickness or you've got this little injury or niggle that's kind of popping up that you want to do something about right now, so you can pull back, okay? So like Kevin said, take an extra off day or take a down week. So intensity or volume, maybe if you have a speed session scheduled that week, just skip it, you know, don 't instead of doing a speed work, just do an easy run instead, um, and that would be pulling back on the intensity level pulling
1: back on the intensity like you could probably keep your same volume depending on what the the signature injury is like this is all you know it's this sort of gray area of like well how how sick are you because if it gets too bad the answer is you need a break mm-hmm. like if you are lacing up your shoes and hacking up a lung stop lacing up your shoes and go lay down like mm-hmm. that's that's the answer if your first step is a stabbing pain up through your legs and into the hip take your shoes off and go back inside like you're not pushing through that but when things first start coming up, there's ways that you can adjust that you can kind of increase your recovery load and decrease the um, uh, the workload on your body mm-hmm. where you kind of adjust that balance a little bit and try and and not break the body down as much and spend more time building the body back up.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that what you just said, like, I think it's so important that we continue to keep the bigger picture in mind, right? Like, even if you have been training for this race, how important is that one race in the overall scope of your health? Like if you have a stabbing pain, that's like a stress reaction. Maybe you did go see a doctor and they told you you have a stress reaction. Well, that's not really a stress fracture yet. So technically, you know, I could be and like we justify these things, right? But like we want you all to be able to run your entire life if you want to, to stay healthy and be running when you're 70, 80 years old, not even 90, you know, who knows? Like there are people that run up until they're in their 100s, you know, um, but in the big picture of your overall health, is it worth it to be pushing through right now? And sometimes the answer is going to be yes. You know, maybe you've been shooting for a Boston qualifying time and your training has been on point. Even though, I mean, if you're dealing with an injury, it probably hasn't. Um, You just don't want to admit that or realize it. Right, but maybe the
1: sickness showed up right beforehand. Maybe
0: the sickness showed up right beforehand. But, you know, and so you don't want to derail it and you're, you know, I've been feeling so good and you're like, oh, shoot, you know, I want to just continue to train through it. Sometimes that's a decision that you're going to make and that's okay. Just keep the bigger picture in mind. I really just want to emphasize that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes into the, like, should I adjust? Or is a, is a complete break necessary? Like is adjusting even a viable option? Mm -hmm. Like is, is there a race close on the horizon that this like small adjustment and kind of getting through and getting to the end of this training cycle and hitting that race it's going to be tough to hit a PR if you're not feeling at 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe your training has gone so well that you would have crushed a PR by so much that you could still PR while not at 100%. Yeah. But it's going to be tough if you're not feeling great on the starting line to bring it. Depending on the length of the race, too, though. Like, yeah. endorphins can do amazing things for the body. Right.
0: Like, we just talked about. Like, but that was, you know, our top runner that just won, she, it was her senior year. And basically, she was going into this, like, this is it. This, this, is, my last this is my last race, you know? Um, and so that's, a, that's a different mindset than a real life runner, right? Like hopefully none of you are going into your races thinking this is going to be my last race. Like <laughs> I, I don't think that any of us are racing with that kind of mindset, right? Um, we're just trying to
1: it's this, keep going. This is the last number I'm pinning on ever. <laughs> right? Like it's like, a different, it's, a, diff- it's, it's a, a very different it's mindset. a Very
0: different mindset, right? So, you know, if you, if you decide that you want to try to adjust, you can pull back like we said. You could also transition to cross training like we um, suggested, like we did with our runner. You could, you know, if you have access to an elliptical or a pool, you can do some pool running or swimming. You can pull back and do the bike. Like there's various options that you can do for cross training depending on what exactly is going on.
1: And a lot of those are pretty good options depending on injury or sickness because there's a lot less pounding on the body through most of the cross training things. Right. So it takes a lot of the impact way that mm-hmm. might be flared up through injuries. And you can still have some pretty high intensity things. You switch your workouts over to time-based things. If you do a run that's like two minutes hard and two minutes easy, two minutes hard, two minutes easy, you can do the same exact thing on a bike or an elliptical. Yep. It's all just effort-based training based off of time. So
0: Time and effort level and intensity, right? right. So it's like if you are doing... Like Kevin said, if you're doing two minutes on, two minutes off, maybe the scheduled run was supposed to have you at like a 5K intensity level. So you're going to push really hard, you know, 5K effort level, like a level 7 out of 10 if you're on the bike versus running. It's like the same basic idea.
1: Right. And if you're not used to being on the bike and you're like, well, I don't know what that speed is that that's okay because yeah. that's how effort-based training works.
0: Right. Because the speed doesn't matter. It's how much effort you feel like you're putting forth.
1: Right. So cross training is a great one. Cross training is also a good one depending on if you're, you know, how sick you are. Mm-hmm. I don't suggest if you're super sick heading out to gyms right now, but no. like our, our school has its own little private gym. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a treadmill at your house. Maybe right. you have a an elliptical in your house. The nice part about having your own elliptical or something like that in your house is you can keep a box of tissues right there with you <laughs> As you work out. <laughs> yeah. It's gross and disgusting, but you could have it. Right. Which is tougher to do when you're out on a run. Right.
0: So you have to decide whether or not, you know, you need to take that complete break or if you are able to adjust. And that's just going to be based on how severe the symptoms are, where you are in your training cycle. All of these things go into making that decision. So transitioning away from that, okay, now say you were sick or injured, how do you come back after a sickness or injury? And again, going back to that big picture, Why were you sick or injured in the first place? Like, make sure, I cannot emphasize this enough, like, make sure that you are paying attention to your body and asking yourself these questions, like, am I getting enough recovery? Am I fueling and giving my body the nutrients that it needs to stay strong and healthy? Because those things can make a huge difference when it comes to your incidence of sickness or injury.
1: Right, I mean, it's... uh... It might not be the most exciting and happy thing to do to dive back into the last two months of your training plan as you're sick and you're not continuing on your training plan, but if you're not running,
0: you
1: you do have some free time. (laughs) You can look at the training plan and say, Hey, was something missing from that? Mm. You know, or it looks like I've got everything. It looks like I, you know, I've, I, I did my runs. I didn't ramp up too fast. I have strength training built into this. I've got all these things. Maybe... As you start back up, write down how many hours of sleep you night you, mm-hmm. you were how many hours you were sleeping at night. Actually, take a look into the diet and how you 're fueling before and after your runs, mm-hmm. especially as you start you know adding in you know longer speed or longer distances are you fueling appropriately before and after that so that your body is able to actually continue to fuel all of its needs?
0: Right. Or are you trying to lose weight and have you been restricting your calories while increasing your training load? That is a recipe for disaster as a runner. Um, As runners, you are athletes. You are an athlete. And so calorie restriction, especially severe calorie restriction, does not go well with increasing your training load to try to you know, ramp up your mileage and train for your first marathon and do those kinds of things, like those two things usually do not work very well together.
1: Not unless you'd like the third component of stress fracture. Right. That's usually the uh, the third guy that comes along with yeah, that combo. Exactly.
0: So assuming that you were injured or sick. What what do you do to come back and to come back strong?
1: Okay, well I think timing still plays a big role on this one. Is what is it that you're coming back for? Like did you just miss a chunk of time and now you have a race in a month? How long were you out for? like that, both of those aspects of timing, like how long was the break and how soon is the next thing that you are kind of like paying attention to on the, on your schedule?
0: Right. So if it was only like a week or so, like a week or less, you can pretty much jump back into your training plan, um, without too much adjustment, if any, like there's a lot of people that don't even need an adjustment after one week. Um, again, depending on where in your training cycle you are, but usually one week isn't going to do you any harm.
1: Right. now if you're in like a marathon training and the week that you missed was the 120 miler, you might want to find a way to get some extra like long run in there if you've already completed a marathon, you don't technically need to run a 20-miler. Like, that's not a, it's not written in marathon rule book stone, like, that you have to run a 20-miler in your marathon buildup. The tablets it's
0: just, that Moses brought down doesn't have that on it?
1: It was on 11 through 15. He oh. dropped he dropped those ones. <laughs> those ones broke. Um, but it, it's it's okay if you peak at 18 miles, you're still going to be able to do 26. Like, you have to kind of figure out what the next race is and what out of that week or so that you missed, should you kind of figure out how to get that back into the training plan now, if you missed a couple of weeks, it's gonna take you a little bit of time to get back into it, especially if you're not at like a hundred percent when you come back, yeah, like if you're coming back off of like sickness and you're like, all right, I'm healthy enough that I can run again don't worry I'm gonna eat I'm gonna sleep enough but I need to get back out and running even though I'm not feeling great right now.
0: And sometimes that is the best choice, especially for us as runners. Like What running can do for us physically and mentally especially, you sometimes are better off starting a little bit before you're 100% ready.
1: Right. You just have to realize that your training is not going to feel great during that. And so... Instead of being like, all right, well, my schedule said that I was gonna do six by a half mile, no you're not. You're not gonna do six by a half mile. It's just not going to happen. Maybe flip that over to some effort-based training.
0: Or do three.
1: Do three. Cut cut the again, yeah. cut the volume, cut the intensity. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might still be able to get in five miles for the day, six miles for the day, but you know, we talk about that 80-20 rule, we've talked about that before on the podcast maybe on your first week back, it's not 20% at higher intensity. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only like 5 to 10% at higher intensity. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I feel like I can handle this volume. You probably can't handle the volume and intensity. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to cut one or the other, maybe both, depending on how long that break was.
0: Right. And then also looking ahead to where your next goal is and how many weeks you have between when you start to come back and you know when the target goal race is is if the goal isn't that close you can slowly build yourself back up and Kevin talked about um, a little bit earlier the concept of down week so basically the way that we like to structure our training plans is that you spend a couple of weeks building mileage and then you take a pullback week where you're cutting both the mileage and the intensity. And so depending on the person, sometimes we build up for three weeks and cut back for one. Sometimes we build up for two weeks and cut back for one. So if you are doing like a three-week build, you want to maybe cut it back to just a two. And so you'll build up gently for two weeks and then you pull back and have a down week just to give your body that extra recovery time and, and to decrease that load on whatever tissues or, you know, just your immune system in general, because hard training can have an effect on the immune system directly after that hard training. Overall training helps to build your immune system stronger as long as you're giving your body enough recovery.
1: Right. So one way, if it's taking you a little bit of time, your volume is is substantially reduced. You're like, well, I, I really want to get my volume back up, my weekly mileage back to where it used to be. You can be You may have heard of the 10% rule. You should never increase more than 10% mileage from one week to the next. So if you're at 20 miles this week, you really can't be more than 22 next week. There's actually, again, not actually carved in stone that if you go from 21 week to 23 the next, your leg doesn't fall off. Like that's (laughs) actually not what happens by using this idea of, of down weeks and putting them in more regularly, go up for two and then down for one instead of like up for three or four and then pull back, you can actually increase much faster than the 10% rule. You could go like, you know, let's say that you were consistently at 40 miles a week. You could go 20 to 25 to 30 and then pull back and then come back at 35 and 40 and pull back. And now suddenly you're at 40 and you didn't have to slowly get there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's Again, I think that it's important to say that is really more for the seasoned runners um, that you can build back quicker after injury because muscle memory and because of all the miles that you have on your legs I think that that plays a role too like versus a completely new runner
1: I'm thinking more coming off of off of illness than coming off of injury okay coming off of injury I don't like to try and ramp the
0: no not ramp the volume back
1: up quick on anybody
0: no exactly (laughs) so I just want to make sure that that's clear but yeah I mean after illness then but I, I still think that that plays a role also like your experience level as a runner and the number of years you've been running also makes a difference. Yes,
1: your running age. Your running age is super important. Your running age.
0: Yeah, not your chronological year age, like how long you've been running. That's your running age.
1: Yeah, and the the legs are like, oh no, I know this pace. I know this weekly volume. I can jump back into this. I've done this before. I've done this for years. Right,
0: exactly. So, you know, make sure that when you're getting back into it, that you are paying attention to your sleep, to your fueling and your nutrition, To your strength training, make sure that you're stabilizing, you know, getting those stabilizing muscles stronger. And don't come back so fast that you get hurt and sick again. So many runners find themselves in this vicious cycle of injury or illness or other things going on. And it's because they don't make the changes. Like they don't recognize what they were doing is what led them to this problem in the first place. And so they jump right back in, they ramp up too quickly, and they go right back to where they were before um, with training level and load and stress and all of these things on the body and then they find themselves right back in the same place with an injury either the same one or a different area of the body or another illness or something else going on
1: it's when it comes back in a different location or Shows up slightly differently that people are like, Oh no, this must be something else. This it's, is totally different. This is completely different. Yeah. Before my knee hurt and now I'm sick. And then next time it was my other, the other side hip that hurt. And then I was sick again, but it was a different sickness. Yeah. That actually might be the same thing. Every single time.
0: Well, especially if it's on the same leg too. Right. You know, I have people say that to me. They're like, oh, well, this is a different thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like <laughs> it's you, your knee was bothering you before and now it's your hip or now it's your thigh. Like those are very closely related, you know, or even your ankle. Like, or maybe it's the foot now that's acting up. Like, and so much of it is because like, you know, oh, well, it's probably because I started running funny. Yeah, that, that that's probably true. You know, like you were trying to run through the pain and you started running funny and adjusting your gait and then something else kind of started acting up and it just gets into this vicious cycle and we don't want to see you guys in that vicious cycle and it's 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 so hard sometimes to like keep our mouth shut because i have learned so many times not to offer unsolicited advice to people (laughs) um this is one of those constant life lessons that i have finally learned i believe um but it's it's hard to you know watch people especially you know people that are like in the real life runners tribe and i'm like Oh, this is. I I don't like where this is going, you know, and it's like, but they're not, they're not our clients. So I can say certain things, but I don't want to, like, you know, say too much. And it's not because I, care about them paying us as, as coaches, it's because it's not my place. You know, I have to watch, I have to watch because some people get offended, you know, and some people, some people people are super thankful that I pointed something out and some people are very offended. Like, who are you? I'm, you're not my coach. Like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to not say anything. (laughs) Like sometimes it's better not to.
1: There's plenty of things that I've seen on social media through, through one outlet or the other. It's just like, yeah, that, that's not going to go well. And I, I'm just going to stop paying attention to that because I I have to look away.
0: Usually I'll start to, like, ask questions, you know, about it just to get people, like, thinking without saying you're doing it wrong. You know, like, that's never – that usually doesn't go well. No,
1: telling people they're doing it wrong tends to get a lot of pushback and stubbornness and and, –
0: Well, okay, and, and also digging who,
1: in and doing it that way even more
0: yeah that's true and, and also who am i right because i don't know the full picture of what's going on Fair and, and that's also where i kind of pull back to is like anytime i do see myself kind of like uh you know judging right which i try not to do i'm like you need to step back because you don't even know what's going on in this person's life like you don't know how much sleep how much recovery like that could be an acceptable training level for that person you know i don't know
1: right which leads to just sort of asking the questions asking and the questions like we said if you get to that point where you're taking a break. It gives you time to ask the questions, to look at your training load, to look at your overall training and recovery in combination with each other, yeah. and make sure that when you're back and, and you you start the comeback that you come back strong and you come back appropriately so that your comeback can be complete and not derailed by another injury along the way
0: exactly so keep yourself strong look at your picture your your running journey and your you know health picture as a whole when you are you know Deciding what to do when it comes to sickness and injury. So, if you haven't signed up yet, guys, we really encourage you to join us in our virtual race. It's going to be run on New Year's weekend. You can do the race anytime between December 31st and January 3rd. um, And then you get to input your results. And we're going to have some fun prizes for everyone that um, includes and uploads their results. And we've got some awesome swag, including that medal. And we have um, really cool long sleeve shirts and tank tops, depending on where you want, um, what kind of swag you'd like to add on to that.
1: Depending on if it's currently winter or summer in your (laughs) area.
0: Exactly. But registration right now is only $10 and that would be you supporting the podcast. So if you gain value from our podcast episodes and you want to show some gratitude and thank us for the work that we do, because this isn't free, you know, we, we have to, um, support the podcast with production and, um, hosting and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, but we love doing it and we, Love bringing this information to you guys every week. So if you want to show your appreciation for the podcast... This is one great way that you can do it. Um, It's only $10, and you um, are also going to be supporting the Girls Gotta Run Foundation, which is a charity that supports girls and women in Ethiopia through running entrepreneurship and education. They're a great foundation, and part of our proceeds are going to be going to them as well. So we encourage you to sign up over at realliferunners.com forward slash race, um, and Get in on all the fun.
1: It's going to be a blast.
0: All right, you guys. So thanks so much for joining us. This has been episode number 169 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Now get out there and run your life.